What's up, everybody? You're listening to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. So I've been uh, on this trip for a little bit. Um, you'll, you'll hear this a little bit in an interview. Um, today, I'm going to be sitting down with Say Hi To of the Black Dragon Breakfast Club. I went to a Rise and Grind, and it was an experience that I highly recommend everybody um, partake in. Uh, but the, the the trip that I was on was um, I was I, I've been watching a lot of like 90s TV shows lately and like 90s movies. If you don't know, I came up through the 90s. So that's kind of something that uh, uh, is a little bit more home to me than some of the new uh, content that's out there. But uh, the common theme that I've seen is how negative they how negatively they talk about marijuana. And I, you know, I, I even went on YouTube and found this old like uh, like weed commercial about like not smoking and like how it made you appear so lazy and stupid and you know you don't want to get a job you're gonna end up in jail and I'm just like how like when has that ever been the case um, and then I see some of these industries that are popping up uh, and that are dominated by white people. Yeah. All of the, the negative things that they say about black people are what they correlate marijuana to. So I had this conversation with Zahai to today, uh, talking about those specific things and readdressing and creating those safe spaces for people who know that marijuana is, is therapeutic. It is, is something to be enjoyed. Um, it is less harmful than alcohol, probably less harmful than actually even like owning a gun or driving all of those things that they is supposed to be normal in american culture that cause more deaths than marijuana do so we're going to talk about that coming up on salon's corner um so what's going on you you um first of all let's let's say your name for everybody because so this is saitu abi I'm from the Black Dragon Breakfast Club, and I'm here to talk about what we do. What's what up? what what is what does it mean to be a Black Dragon? Yeah, so um, dragons. We are creative, industrious, progressive cannabis supporters who believe in an equitable, shame-free, opportunity-rich industry. You know, first and foremost, we're creative, very creative. Yes. Uh, oftentimes, people who come to our events are chefs. You know, they have some type of product that they're making. We're extremely industrious. Like, I won't lie, we ain't got no money out of the yin-yang. And even once we do, we'll still be resourceful, mm-hmm. you know, in that sense of industrious, right? Like, I have a skirt on and a pair of shoes and a pair of sneakers. Um, and then just in terms of our industry, you know, in any industry, there can be the greed, there can be the whatever. So we look at it. There's enough for all of us, first of all. Absolutely. So opportunity. And don't be ashamed of it. Ain't nothing to be ashamed of. We all got issues. So let's let's create that space to be open. Um, so the dragons, in addition, are people who we rise and we grind. We not the the stoner. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if I want to, you know what I mean? But we're the type of people who can wake up early in the morning, have some coffee, go for a run, maybe smoke before or after. Who knows? But we can hold our own. Um, and I prefer cannabis personally over alcohol. I can control myself more. So I'm not saying you have to be that way as a dragon, but those are just some of the you know characteristics of a dragon. So so let's let's go back a little bit. How did you where did the name come from? Yeah. What got you involved with mm-hmm. with everything? Uh, so my business partner, uh, currently we came up with the name uh, you know 
the idea of fish. And so a long time she had been using the term dragon. Together it was black dragon. We had an idea of doing some type of supper club of sorts, some type of nighttime thing. And then it was what we wanted to do it during the daytime because we would connect and we have these like energetic, t- you know, meetings. And it was like, oh, we should do this during the day. So that's kind of where the Black Dragon Breakfast Club came in. But prior to that, I actually went to a conference and started Cannabis Noir, which mm. is another company. So I started that off with this other woman. Um, but, you know, like oftentimes we start things off with people we don't know. Um, and it's not always the right match. So I was like, bet. Keep that. I'm going to go do something else. Right. Right. So I had paused for a little bit, but just continued to kind of research the industry and look up other folks that were doing stuff here in Philly. And that's kind of when the thing with uh, Black Dragon Breakfast Club came about with Chantal. And her background was in like uh, veteran uh, organizing, um, you know, uh, people against the industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my background is in labor organizing. So we really connect on the part of, you know, it's not just getting high it's not just we're dragons and you know we like to get together uh we're very passionate about changing um the laws and making sure that our black bodies are safe it disturbs me completely to know that i've lived in philadelphia philadelphia hawaii california and to be in philadelphia where we still have young boys on the corner selling dub sacks Mm. trying to be entrepreneurs yet in cali my white ex-boyfriend was making a hundred thousand dollars with his plants legally now in both cases there's issues that you're dealing with right but my white boyfriend was fucking okay and these young bulls are not okay nah. so i'm not okay with that that shit bothers me so when i have hella people who smoke weed but don't do nothing are not progressive and then think that they don't know how to i know how to because i've been in grassroots movements so there is a way take a step back i was watching what, what TV show I was watching? I think it was the Wayans Brothers or something. And there's this episode, and it just made me think about, like, coming up through in the 90s and all of the, you know, oh, my God, you found a joint in so-and-so's bag. And it's such the negative stigma that was associated with smoking weed. You were dumb. You were lazy. You know, all the tropes that are associated with black people. Um, yet it's white people who the majority of, at least right now, that are monetizing this industry and capitalizing on all of this growth that are taking place. I was in the mall today and I saw uh, in King of Prussia Mall, there's like this uh, CBD kiosk thing. And it's just like, yo, like these companies are truly monetizing off this. Meanwhile, the negative stigmas are still in place for for black people who will be on the corner trying to sell some butt. Yeah, it's, it's definitely economics. It's definitely just supply and demand. It's definitely just mergers and acquisitions. It's definitely just like who's getting in first. It's definitely just who do you know. Mm. It's definitely just white people about to benefit on this. Fuck black people. Uh, yeah, it's just like when they said one drop, use a nigga. And mm. now to be tan, it's okay. It's just Damn. the same shit. Damn. For anybody who's like, fuck weed, I only drink alcohol, I'm like, you dumb as fuck. Because they told you that. They told you it all. They told you all the things. It was a war on drugs. You know what I mean? Like, it, we got to know our history. Like, the church is telling us because it was the white man's church. Like, no shit. Like, if you know anything about herbal medicine, anything about any, of any indigenous culture, which you don't know because America didn't give us none of that because it was right. only one page of Hawaiian history that we would even know. I know this stuff because my mom was hella progressive, knew about history, was in the alternative movements in the 70s, got away from the, the East Coast, went to the West Coast, lives in Hawaii. 
new alternatives. That was a privilege. She also went to Georgetown, lived in Mount Area. It's a privilege to have access to alternatives. And then when you don't have access, you just listen to what they tell you on the media. You're eating the orange cheese and the white bread, and you believe what they tell you. It's okay to smoke cigarettes. Those are my grandparents. They smoked the cigarettes. They drank the alcohol because they said it was okay. Just like it's not okay for me to smoke blunts all day either. Mm. But if we're not talking about it even, right. and we got people too scared to even bring it up in, a, in an event, yet people are passionate, and we can still have a person say, well, don't just sit around and smoke weed. But I know you're going to drink a glass of wine every fucking night. Yep. You got me fucked up. So so how do you combat that that negative that that negative shit? Because like it, it's hard for people to grow up. You know, you like I said, you watching on, on TV every day of how negative and how how you can't talk about it. And it's, it's so bad for you to even address it. Yet now I'm older and, you know, all my friends are smoking and shit. And I'm hearing all of these these healing and, and therapeutic elements of marijuana. Yet it's such a negative thing to even talk about. Like, how do you combat that, especially coming as an organizer? Oh, that's not even an issue for me <laughs> because I just know that it's min- misinformation. Yeah. And so I understand when someone is misinformed, there's no need to attack them for their misinformation. They Mm. just don't understand. I realize that my knowledge is a privilege. And so therefore, I try to find ways to make it accessible to those that wouldn't quite find me accessible. I know that blunts aren't good, but there's something about me smoking blunts that I know is approachable. And I know it's not good. to. That's not a good thing. But like, I like it when like a young bull feels approached. he, He feels like he can approach me because like I'm smoking a blunt. You know what I mean? Right. And then I can open up a conversation about relatable. What the fuck is wrong with your colon? You know what I'm saying? Like, what you eating? You know, just because I think popular media makes media makes it look like it's for white people or it's just like for different types of people. And, and, and good health is for everybody. You know, my stepdad's Jamaican. They're Jamaican. And he knows how to cook the best food. He's Rastafari, the whole thing, you know? Like... It ain't being about black or not. It's just that we live in the concrete jungle. There's no plants. There's food deserts. Like, I'm not going to get mad at somebody for not understanding and knowing. I also do know that, like, people are small-minded, and it's easy to be small-minded. And I was lucky enough to to grow up in a home that was very open-minded. Mm-hmm. And then even in high school and college, growing up in Hawaii, so even more so open-minded. So I really don't know what it's like to have that restriction of, like, thought. I have always been in spaces where I was allowed to think. I was raised to be a, a critical thinker, to question. So, yeah. So it, I mean, it's 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 almost easier for you um, because you just you, your your experience is not as. Uh, I, I guess homogenous to yeah, American yeah. culture. Like I grew up in Indian with Indian folks. I'm I'm Ethiopian. Grew up in Hawaii, like Om is my middle name. Like we got so many levels of appropriation and cultures in my whole world. Like I'm Ethiopian because my Ethiopian because my mom wanted an African baby. She mm. wanted a child that had roots. So like I've been in this my this space. Like what's trendy now? I grew up in this. I was the weird kid that couldn't wear deodorant because my mom was like, "You're not gonna get cancer." So I had to stink <laughs> in class with the with because the crystal the crystal deodorant wasn't that good back then. <laughs> So I was the girl putting essential oils under her arms on a bus by the time I got the lingual box. I mean, Houston, I'm already stinking. At the same time, I'm also the one that's rebelling and eating the tasty cakes. But then, like, later on, because I wanted to assimilate. I wanted to be like everybody else. But now as I get older, I'm like, oh, my God, that was just education. I still struggle because I want to assimilate because... I don't know. I feel like there's something about you get all this information when you just hold on to it and go live in paradise. Hmm. 
And maybe that's wrong. I don't know. My mom hates me for being here. She don't. She's not impressed with anything I'm doing because I'm living in Babylon in the bad concrete. She's like, "What's wrong with you? Why are you living with these fucking niggas? Like, what's wrong with you? I already told you where to go. Oh, you ain't get no job. I know you ain't get no job. Oh, they playing you at rec. I know. They don't give a shit about you. I know. Mm. I didn't raise you to be up in here. You about to open up a can of worms? Can with of worms with that with the rec thing, but can of worms. But uh, we gonna we gonna save that for a. Uh, an episode, oh, a podcast episode. for another day. Um, but so what? What brought you back out to Philly? Then it was it just the movement? Was it? The, oh my goodness! The... What brought me out? I hadn't seen my dad in twenty six years. Mm. Uh, him and my my mom met in Hawaii, and he actually was a weed farmer, weed grower in the eighties. So the seventies, eighties, there's a lot of Black Americans, a lot of different cultures who were finding alternative ways to live. So they lived out in Berkeley, moved out into Hawaii when the crack epidemic was getting hot. And uh, rents were raising. So there was like raise a village, you know, raise the family with the village. So they were growing butt out there. But that was around the time when they had a lot of like black informants, a little after mm. Black Panther. You know, they trained a lot of black people to be informants. Yeah. So there was an informant that kind of like got into our camp in Hawaii. So long story short, you know, my dad didn't end up raising me. A lot of differences. Him coming from Ethiopia, worked for his father, you know, worked for the government, like just different cultures. You know, we talk about Africa and African-Americans. We're talking about completely different cultures. There's so much that needs to happen. Um, so long story short I've been living in Hawaii and in California and I wanted to visit my dad I finally saved some money at the time I was living on my boyfriend's property which was a, a, a bud farm mm. it was the first time I had ever been able to make enough money to even be able to afford a trip to Ethiopia because before that I've been in college my mom's a single mom I'm in Hawaii I haven't seen my dad my whole life so it's like if I go anywhere I, if I get some money I gotta go see my dad mm. gotta go see my dad I gotta go to Ethiopia so I saved the money and I went to Ethiopia and, and I met my family for the first time. Um, and then some crisis broke out because my just crisis broke out and I left 10 days later and got a one way ticket back to Philly. And I had happened to like at that time I found out my my boyfriend got in a bad art, big argument and he's a bit abusive. And so I was back in Philly just chaos is going on and I kind of like the rest I saw there was a restaurant industry kind of like it was kind of cool I was like restaurant industry is big in Philly yeah it's kind of yeah. I was like okay cool and I in the past I had been a, a organizer for service industry folks over at the airport so I got in union for all the food service workers at the Honolulu International Airport so like Dope. I've been I know about the server life so there was part of me like yeah let me try this out I could do this my friend was serving at one of the restaurants she's now the owner of the Sable Collective um, and so there was like hmm, maybe I'll stay so I went back to Cali, closed up all my stuff, got a credit card because I had to break up with my boyfriend, left my dog, shipped my car over, moved here and stayed with my stepdad, applied for a bunch of jobs. I ended up going to D.C. and worked for a labor union at a, at a certain time, um, helped raise the minimum wage to $15 in D.C., uh, worked at the Capitol, helped organize like Ethiopians. Ethiopians don't come. E East Africans don't come to America to be revolutionaries. They come to make money. Right. They don't have that same issue. Anyway, I came back here and then I was working um, for AFT, American Federation of Teachers, organizing graduate students at the University of Pennsylvania um, and getting my master's at Lincoln. And I needed a company to, to work in. So I started interning at REC for a while and I've been here, finished my master's, stopped doing that, started doing Black Dragon Breakfast Club and had a dope activation at the Roots Picnic this past weekend. Yo, I missed my, my opportunity to go to the Roots Picnic. I had to work this weekend. And I was super jealous swiping through everybody's stories, looking at the Roots Picnic. Because every year I miss my opportunity to go. One year. The Roots Picnic was something cool and special this year. Um, Tina Ferris, 
is one of the main organizers yeah. for it. Uh, and I work with somebody, Tina's her mentor through Can Inclusive. And so a couple months ago, I, had, you know, know the roots going on or whatever. I've worked with Don T, like, you know, kind of worked with them in various capacities. But I was like, it'll be dope if the black, if the dragons could go to the roots. And, you know, I'm just coming up with ideas. I right. made a little post on the over at posted to the to the Instagram like hey you know quest can the dragons come uh you know he's like yeah you know this is all joke made up um but my contact reached out and was like hey we might be able to do something about that and so in the past I've done uh like celebrity gift suites I used to be a jeweler I used to do jewelry when I was in Cali invested all my time with being like the Etsy community and I knew a great way to get your product out is celebrity gifting so it was like, how could we find a way to do some goodie bags and gift the performers? Well, Mary from Cataclusive was like, yeah, exactly. And then I'm also like, well, what about a party? So it ended up being able to gift performers, have an activation at the VIP Roots compound right next to like her, H-E-R's tent. Like Jill Scott came over, like Raphael Sadiq. Damn. Like Black Thoughts Brother, like we're going next year to do it. Damn. That type thing. Like, they came to our stuff and was like, like wow. Because they know they've been around all over the world, you know, in places where right. cannabis is legal. So right. for them, and they coming back to Philly, they know what's up. So to see us doing this and, it didn't, you know, for them it was like, wait, so what? And we also had like an after party. So we got these goodie bags, all black only except for one. A flyer for the after party is just for them. This is the first time I did something like this big like this. And I had issues with... So many different issues coming up. No budget, no money. I've been working for my previous company, work for nothing. So I don't have any money to do this. But I knew, like, I got to do this. Like, you don't, you just got to create and go for it. Um, and they were impressed. You know what I mean? I've done six rising grinds. So after they saw our, you know, we we did infused, um, we did CBD. Wink, wink. We did CBD <laughs> infused rock candy, CBD infused sugar. We grew rock rock candy. We infused brown sugar, we infused white sugar, and then we had about 15 other brands there. We had iced tea, a blend from one of my friends, Bernie Basics, mixed with some Yerba Mate. We did the iced coffee. Uh, we brought my couch. We brought my other business partner's couch. <laughs> we had a rug set up. Oh. You know, it was like you were at a living room. It was like a vibe. Somebody's house and networking, vibing, talking about politicking. Um, it was vibe, and it was it came. What I did came out of such a genuine place. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I just, I just genuinely give a fuck about this. I genuinely do. And I genuinely am not thinking about the money. Because if I did that, I'd probably kill myself. Yeah. Because to think about, I, I just cannot be motivated by money. I'm too smart to be motivated by money. Because if I was motivated by money, I would do bad things. Because mm. that's what America sets you up for. So be motivated by just like wanting to get these brands in people's hands and make sure that the performers got what they needed. Just do a good job. Be a good girl. Kind of, you know, type energy. Yeah, absolutely. It worked. And, and like, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say this, but like I had somebody um, an, like an international marketing exec come to our party, like met us there, come to the party, wants to co-sign my brand. Like wants me to like everything I wanted That's because dope. I see the cannabis industry really infusing the entertainment industry, mm -hmm. especially for young artists, especially like young rappers, really have a great opportunity to collab and partner with brands, cannabis brands, because these cannabis brands are white. Mm -hmm. And they do not know what the fuck they're doing. 
when it comes to branding and they don't care they really just don't give a fuck they're looking for somebody who already has a community here they can hop on and this can help you grow your business and we better do it because if we're not doing it and making some money off it, ain't nobody else. Like, you got to figure out what is in play and then take advantage of that system and then cr- be able to create, you know, recreate another system. But you got to understand what's already available right now. It, you, you make that point, man, because so many so many of these industries are white driven. Um, so many of these cannabis organizations are, are dominated by by white people. Meanwhile... You know, yeah, I know Krasner said he's not going to be, um, you know, he, he's not going to be prosecuting, prosecuting these uh, low-level uh, possession offenses. Right, right. But you still got people sitting in prison for this stuff at the same time. So you got these, you know, I, I take it even a step further. John Boehner, the former Speaker of the House, is starting his own uh, cannabis company. It's, it's so hypocritical, yet... At the same time that, you know, they're they're profiting off of it yeah. and, and, and figuring out different ways to, to keep their foot on our necks at the same and time. that's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying. When I'm in a room and I got people who don't want to talk about it, you're the person who's at work. When we all agreed that something was wrong, now we get in the meeting and your ass don't say nothing. Hmm. That's a lot But of then once there. it becomes legal and you wondering why the shit's the way it is. Don't wonder why it was. Mm. You sat down and you didn't say anything because you timid because they got you. You're right. They got you. That fire that's burning, they cooled it down. And that's why we got the dragons. Because that fire that's in me that I keep thinking is a bad thing, it's rage that's not going to go away. If I try to get rid if if I, and, and I can't accept the rage. I was talking to my white coach about it. If I can accept the rage, I will not be able to be friends with white people. And I am an advocate of having allies. My cousins are half white. I have very close friends that are white. You know what I mean? I live in a very... I've grown up in a very, you know what I mean? Like, my best friend's half white. Like, we have right, these conversations. Right. We'd be like, shit, yeah, your mom. Woo. Good thing you white, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> like it's, you know, it's so fluid when we talk about, like, racism and yeah, these words yeah. in, in so many ways. But it's true. If I watch the movie, they see us, whatever, I'm going to get angry. I'm going to have to take a break for a week and not talk to them away from me. Yo, that's the thing right now on, uh, yeah. on, on social media because so many uh, – I, 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 I opened up uh, Facebook uh, earlier today actually and I don't really like Facebook like that. But I, I'm scrolling through and it's black person post after post. I, I'm, I'm boycotting uh, they don't see us. I can't watch it because I don't – I can't mentally deal with that, that trauma. And for me – that's how I've always been. So to see, and I, it's funny that you said that because I was looking at Instagram and I was looking at posts and I'm, I'm really very intrigued by the technology that we have and that we're able to see so quickly yeah. people's responses. I mean, it's so only it, been out for a few days. So it brought to my attention, which I thought for so long because I've had to stop watching news, stop watching certain things. I can't watch the Sandra Bland thing. I can't because then when I'm on the East Coast and I'm around white people and they do their crazy shit, I'm ready to lose my fucking <laughs> mind. So when I'm in a place and I see white people who know what they're, they know it, but then they play like they don't. Mm. And then they speak that like in between language. It enrages me on a level. And then when I watch black people play with that whole tokenism, Mm -hmm. it bothers me on another level. Cause I'm like, so y'all know already? After being a union organizer, after like not knowing things, but then being being raised by very um, alternative people, Mm -hmm. family, Mm -hmm. and then taking ethnic studies classes, learning the history, learning the history of Hawaii, 
and just like indentured servants learning the history of like union organizing mm-hmm. and not in the context of white women but in Hawaii um, and then learning about just like the power you know what I mean and the power that we do have I can't go back yeah I can't sit and complain but then not not do anything. So that's why when I was doing my other jobs and was like, we're going to complain about something. I was like, no, 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 wait. There's a lot of technology. There's a lot of things that we could we could bring in to get better. Otherwise, we're disposable. We're replaceable. Like, if we don't, so- if we don't solve the problems, we must not be as smart as we thought we were. Right. Or we're just uh, playing a role to look like we're and that- trying to solve the problems. But we're really just looking for our personal gain. And the role playing in the personal game, I'm my way because I'm righteous and I try to keep this shit right. That's why my energy is often inner, like magnetic. And the times that I was cold inside because I was working in places that was killing me, that's why. Because I was protecting it. I didn't realize it, that I was protecting it in spaces where it's okay. It's magnetic because I do have love. There's love in my heart. True love in my heart. I'm not into my, I have been, we have been developed. Like, I I would imagine you've developed yourself. You're proud of what you've developed in yourself. And I'm still developing. You're still, right. And you're ever learning. You have integrity and you have things that you believe in. Um, And I don't think a lot of people have that. So, yeah, yeah, when someone says cannabis is bad, yep, nod your head and smile. Mm. I bet you do think that. What else you think? All right. So, I've I've been to uh, a rise and grind. And what's the experience like for those who have yet to attend? Because I have some people. So I went and I, I took pictures and like I, I posted it on my Instagram and everybody. Yo, where you at? Where you at? I need to get there. Listen, I'm going to put you on to this. Right. You need to be there next time. Right. Tell, tell, tell them what they're going to experience. Yeah, so the rising grind is like if I had a house and I invited you over for coffee, that would be the rising grind. <laughs> but because I can't afford a house right now. Um, the Rise and Grind is a place where you come early in the morning, Monday, 9 to 12. Bring some things. Don't bring some things. Bring a friend. Don't bring a friend. But be prepared to network in a safe space. Mm. We're creating spaces of the future. They don't exist now. But it's safe. So expect to get an email the night before. Expect to have to drop some cash at money somewhere or maybe pay at a door. And Ex- not in free. Not in free. Not in free, but you're going to get something good. You know, I want to get good, okay? <laughs> um, expect a security guard. Um, expect to give a password. Walk in and you'll see me or you'll see my other co-founder. And we're making sure the coffee is brewed. We're making sure there's treats on the table. We're making sure your goodie bags are filled with nice treats. We're making sure the music is ready. Making sure there's some nice art in the space. Making just sure that ambience is good. And there isn't going to be more than 30 people in the room. This isn't a big space. It's small. It's intimate. It's kind of like a coffee shop, but mm-hmm. much more comfortable. You're going to see a lot of brown faces. It's brown first. So know that it's safe. It's okay to say the things that you need to say. Because the white folk know you get to be here. Yep. I did not have to let you be here. A big part of this is we're cultivating the space and facilitating. So I want to make your coffee. I want to make your tea. I want to check to see how you like it. I want to make sure you have either a joint or a blunt or a pen, whatever it might be. Hopefully I know who you are and I can introduce you to somebody. And you can start a conversation and get to know each other and just be the space to build, to grow, uh, and, and and let it be a space, yeah, that you, you didn't even know you needed. It, it, was, it was definitely an experience for me that, uh, like you said, I didn't know I needed it. And... I'm not a I'm not an early morning person. I'm not let me rephrase that. I'm not happy in the morning, but I get up in the morning very early. Um so 
having that that like you said that rising grind man I, it set me right for the rest of the day and i was just on on cloud nine and in, in more ways than one yeah. um and I, it's funny because like i don't i don't have to smoke to be like this Right? I don't have to smoke to connect with people. I just like smoking. And to be honest, over the past year, I've just smoked more because like, I'm always broke and I don't have any money. And so smoking's the thing that I just do to reward myself. It's just like, well, fuck it, like I can afford a dub. Shit. That's a, that's a damn good reward. Um, but I'm just saying to say, like, you don't have to be the avid smoker. You know, you don't have to be smoking every day to come to the Rise and Grind. Actually, the Rise and Grind is for the new beginners. So it's for the person to come and check it out. I want to be able to have a space where the ventilation is perfect, where there's an outdoors area and an indoor area. You know, I want it to be accommodating for a lot of different types of people. I love it when someone comes and says, I wasn't sure if I could have my blunt, so I brought a joint. I wasn't sure if I could even smoke, so I brought this. You know, people aren't sure, but they're really curious. And, and my goal is I want it to be a safe space for all types of cannabis supporters and cannabis consumers. I understand it can't necessarily be that way, but I appreciate the people that bear with us, you know, with our limitations for those who are like, I don't smoke that or it's a little smoky. And I'm like, I know if only we had a loft in an outdoor area and enough funds to do uh, a non-smokers one and a smoke, you know, just... There's just so many social experiences that we need, and there's so many people doing events just to have an event, just to tell people I do I did an event, and don't care about the people in this space. I had to cancel one of the rising grinds because energy wasn't right. You know, I had to remember like my energy has to be right. Just like Saturday mm. when there was so much going on, my best friend Shanti was like, "But you got to get your energy right because that's why they're here. Right. That's the only reason why they're here is your energy is, is you." So get a line call on the spirits like we brought in our we brought in our ancestors on on saturday just to make sure we were protected because that's what people want so when the executive came up to me it was the energy said yo it's just your energy it's something about your energy like that's what i go for i felt it was good and so when i was so nervous talking to this guy who wants to co-sign us who's worked people like drake drake easy my friend said just be yourself mm. but i think over the past few years, I've been in spaces where I've been kind of protecting myself and not being myself or being in white spaces that say yourself is aggressive and bad and not good or yourself seems to keep resulting in not opportunities. So I think Black Dragon Breakfast Club has allowed me to kind of be like, so this is this is you and it's OK. You know, my mom be like, stop smoking. I'm like, OK, no, I know. Stop <laughs> but you're right. That's another conversation. I'm not here. Dragons don't mean smoking all day. That's all great. No, you keep smoking. Smoke a blunt with a piece of paper. You want to see all that tar right there. Let's talk mm -hmm. about it. Let's find a better way. Let's build an appetite to talk about it. Don't be ashamed of what you're doing. Let's just talk about what you're doing and, and find out what you what it, what it is that you really want. Do you have a uh, another rise and grind on the, on the works? Yeah, Juneteenth. 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 It's also Lobby nice. Day, though, in Harrisburg. Mm. And so I'm kind of um, like, they're going to be bringing like hemp plants to the hemp plants to the Capitol, trying to see if I can get maybe like a bus. But then I also want to, so you know, I want to have the space for the rising grind. So right. I'm not really sure what to do. It'd be really nice if a bus was like, you're, here's a bus. You can take your rising ground on the road. And we just all went to Harrisburg and smoked CBD cigars. Lit, lit. I would love that. That would be dope. Yeah. One day in the future, though, mm -hmm. um, say hi to what's what, how can we uh, how can we find the Black Dragon Breakfast Club? Yeah. Black Dragon Breakfast Club dot com or on Instagram. That's it. We got a backup account. Black Dragon Breakfast Club Philly. 
Oh, wait, I, I, I forgot. I always ask my final question. What's your most favorite thing in the world right now? I stump everybody. Oh, what's my most favorite thing in the world yeah. right now? <sighs> Probably that I left something that wasn't serving me. Mm. And that I'm able to, like, cry from joy and be over it. Dope. Leave that negative stuff behind, y'all. Leave what ain't working. Trust me, I've been in a number of different companies and and corporations and managements that just does not serve any purpose to me other than exploiting me and providing me with a menial paycheck. Say hi to. Thank you. Thank this you. was dope. Thank you. Thank you. All right, y'all, I want to give a very special thanks to Say Hi To for sitting with me on a podcast today. Thank you to all my previous guests and all my listeners for tuning in. I could honestly not make this podcast happen without you. And on that note, um, just as a way of supporting this podcast, I got something new coming. I got merch, y'all. That's right. I'm coming up. Salas so Corner T-shirts is on the website now. Go on, check it out. I have a few different designs. Uh, one says politics are personal because... In fact, it is. Anybody that tells you that politics isn't personal, that you're making it too personal, that it shouldn't be, you tell them your ability to find health care, your ability to get a proper education, your ability to find a job and provide for your family is personal. Politics are personal. Check it out. See the T-shirts right now on SalazCorner.com. And there's free shipping, so you can't miss out on that. And if you're really, really interested, I got a good contest giveaway for those shirts um, and some others that are coming down the pike as well. So as always, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Salaz Corner. You got my new blog post that came out recapping the uh, most recent primary elections that took place. Check that out at salascorner.com. And again, thank you for always supporting me and get out, go out there and grab that merch. Y'all walk around with this a lot of corners. Politics are personal t-shirts until next time. Peace y'all.